perfect orbit they have circled. As the light of many worlds falls softly on their skin, and days here pass like minutes, one moment of brilliant daylight will shift into the next, a flash of dark behind some distant lost moon. are you are you doing okay you all right man okay yes i'm i'm doing good i'm a little tired from just the rugging running around and everything yeah um yeah you know i drove from houston to muskogee and then i drove from uh muskogee right into springfield illinois with my family and then they dropped me off and i did the Stoneville youth conference so and i had three talks all back to back so it was it was fun it was fun and it, but it's exhausting because you're you're doing stuff backstage as well as with everyone and you're supporting the other speakers and you got like 20 things going on it's a lot it's It's a lot it's not just like gomer get out there and give a talk although giving a talk in front of thousands is exhausting itself and no place makes me feel more judged than a studentville conference not because anyone makes any comments but you feel judged by uh your your fellow speakers like not not like they judge you but like do i measure up did i do my best Because these really are some of, especially in that genre of high school, you like some of the best speakers in the country that you're. And I, and I know like other to. things have. Sorry, I totally just cut cut you off there. No, no, I was just gonna say compared to like that's other. Like, I know things like NCYC and other stuff may have may have bigger crowds, but I think this is by far the most impactful. Well, I, I shouldn't say by far. I don't really know, but I think this is somewhat of the. Um, to me, this is still the most important one. Yeah. In terms of oh, conferences, I'm not saying that they are perfect, or I, I have no right. idea anymore. It's and been not. a long time, um, and I don't really care. But I mean, I, I care, but I'm not. You know, I don't th- think about this. But I could see why there would be more pressure with these, just because I think with something like NCYC, it's such a one-off. This is just kind of. Di- I, f- I feel like you're right. Like this is everyone on their a game. Yeah, and there's so much pressure because then once you give a good talk, I do this where I rate the quality of my talk by. How many people come up to me and say that was a good talk? Which, which is a dumb thing to do. Is a very dumb thing to do. It just serves your vanity because you don't know if right after that the, all the kids are going out and doing a thing or they got small group or, you know, like you're not keyed up on that. And you just – you use these things to judge you because you feel so self-conscious. You got two, three, five thousand eyes on you. And you got people who are the volunteers and the runners of it who have been doing it for years and you're like, if I don't impress them, I won't. I might not have a job next year with this. And I love the Sumville conferences, so being connected with them in this level, I'm always like, Ugh. like mm. it puts me on my toes in a very good way, and in a mm-hmm. somewhat self conscious way, which is just exhausting. So I did that. I had a great weekend. I had my talks went really well. I was really happy with them. I got a lot of positive feedback. Whenever I went up to give the, I think it was the men's talk or the prayer talk, this dude yells out, catching foxes. <laughs> and all I those, ah, dude. <laughs> I know, right, right. <laughs> well, he was there and like his students were cheering. <clears throat> Excuse me. His students were cheering and all this stuff. And I was like, it's good for you to say that. You can say that. I can't say that from up here. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah, but but then I ended up meeting tons of Catchy Foxes fans nice. and whatnot, so it was really nice. good. Um, and then I drove three hours to my in-laws' house with, uh, you know, riding shotgun with, uh, you know, some volunteers that ran hospitality that weekend. Very nice people. And my th- voice was dying already from the weekend, but then we, like, talked theology and politics, and I was like... I got dark. That was awful. But I have things to say. <laughs> Kenyanism economics. <laughs> Let me tell you, we're all socialists now. 
Um, so it was just a, it was a, it's a whirlwind experience. So today my wife had to get, um, uh, she had to have medical stuff done today here in St. Louis, which is this ongoing saga. Um, no one knows this, so I can, I can share this component of it. But, um, after our miscarriage of hope, Marie Gormley, we had about a month later gotten pregnant again and then had another miscarriage that was very, very quick. So we named that child uh, Benedict Joseph. It was a lot less traumatic because the day we found out, basically, we found out we were pregnant. And then, you know, a day later, we found out we were miscarrying. And then it all just kind of happened within yeah. the span of, yeah. like, let's say, yeah. six days. And so whereas with Hope, you know, finding out you're miscarrying and we miscarried for four, three weeks, you know, like it drug out and then it had to finally go through the surgery. And that was so traumatic. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of healing, you know, the doctors are all monitoring Shannon's levels and everything. So the kind of the aftermath and the fruits of that still go on. My mother-in-law got my wife a very beautiful blanket that has Hope Marie and Benedict Joseph stitched into it. Um, Her, her sister had done it. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. So, like, there's this stuff kind of hanging in the background and, uh, yeah. And another news, the crew of the USS Gloria has at last completed their survey of the planet Saturn and its moons. The crew has been on their mission for almost five years now and will begin their return sometime later this week. Personnel at the Kennedy Space Center are eagerly anticipating the end of the trip and expect the return of the astronauts to be sometime next year. Yeah, so it's been complicated. Remember that old Facebook status? You're in a relationship, it's complicated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what my life is like right now. <laughs> uh you know i've thought that multiple times like i've done a little thing where i'm like i feel like my life is complicated like a facebook status which is <laughs> stupid for me to have that thought so i immediately feel shame i'm a grown man wait is this your way of like shaming me for having that thought and then stating it explicitly thanks luke thanks <laughs> uh, so what are you up to now how how you've been home for what a solid week now I yeah 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 it's been good man it's been a very it's it's I have I'll be honest it has taken a little bit of an adjustment a little bit of a um I'm very very tired I and I was trying to tell Aaron I, we were actually just talking earlier I was like why am I so tired and then she's like you know if you remember like the end of the year was really the, the end of the school year was really really crazy and you were even a little bit worried that you were going to go into like your time at Notre Dame just absolutely exhausted and I was like oh that's right and he goes I bet you you're just coming you're just crashing from like adrenaline or something oh yeah and, just take, and I'm like yeah it's just taking me some time so I think like one thing is kind of like leading into the other so I'm not I'm not, I'm not I don't think that I'm necessarily like still recovering from my time there. I think I'm just recovering from like the recovery almost like in, in the sense of just like life isn't, nor- it's, it's just funny. Like I, when I left, Everly was more baby than toddler. Now she's more toddler than baby. No, the baby. And so the amount of adjusting I've had to do for her has been unreal. <laughs> you're now and you're so, running after her. Yeah, it, no, it's really it was honestly kind of emotionally upsetting for a bit because just every, every I'm not kidding you, almost everything about her is different now. She does the song that we used to sing to try to calm her down doesn't work any anymore. Our you know routine for bedtime she doesn't do it. The stuff I used you to like do sing, that you like sing laugh. some dashboard confessional song to her and she's like played out old man, skip yeah, to the she, next track. She's like, shut up, nerd. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, these are feelings. These are feelings. People feel them. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. You would have been so annoyed slash proud of me. I was in my car today, and I uh, 
heard a Julian um, Baker song I heard, hadn't heard in a while, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's right, she's amazing. And it's it's this like it's this intro song on her album Appointments that came out in 2017. So I went to the album and I because like that song going into the first real song on the album is like wonderful, and I played that and at and I'm just like blaring into my car while I'm driving on 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 like a highway, and I'm like, I'm a 38 year old suburban dad who's getting intense emotional feelings off of a album from like a you know who's like 20 when she recorded this and i'm just like <laughs> like uh, and what's the one there's this one part of the song i forget what she says and it's so funny because it's just like um hold on a second let me think really quick if i can try to remember it's so um it's just very like i have feelings <laughs> but hers is actually more deep and i think more poetic than the dashboard I think it's a. I think it's a little bit more depth. We're like, I like I mean, his stuff, and I, I think he would agree. It's a sing along. That's the whole point. It is is a sing along. Hers is absolutely not that. Now, but it does take the sort of stripped down element to it. But it's more of a stream of conscious type 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 of a thing. Where his is more like a campfire song. Hers is. Uh, it's almost like if you were to combine Bob Dylan with dashboard and a uh gen with a like a gen zer it's too much it's too much it's, I can't combine but it those. works it's so good <laughs> you know what i was listening to as a 39 year old white male in the suburbs driving through the woodlands texas bone thugs and harmony we're so predictable the whole collection <laughs> the whole i just put on their greatest hits and i hit play and we just went from the crossroads, so you won't be lonely, right, to Mo Murder, which is kind of unnerving because the song right before it is they invoke Mr. Ouija, and then he yeah. tells them to murder people. And then <laughs> it goes into the song Mo Murder, and it's his voice, Mo Murder. Come, come. What would Dave Van Vickle say? <laughs> he would say, Gormley, I think you need to rethink your musical priorities. <laughs> Here's some oh, Janis I'm... Joplin. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, wait, I want to play the end of this. Oh, here we go. I'll play it. To believe that it ends. I have to believe that it ends. I have to believe that it ends. I have to believe of that it is over and over again about things about things getting better. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's it's I'm funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, now back to Bone Thugs. Anywho, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. One day I rolled up and uh, there were some vacation Bible school moms that were parked next to me, and I rolled up and I was like, "Oh, I should turn it down." I was like, "You know what? No, I'm not turning it down." And so I, I was know like, "Know it." I was getting myself out of the car. Well, it was, all they could hear was the subwoofers thumping like cavemen. And uh, <laughs> I turned it off and I get out of the car. And like a week later, we're in a staff meeting. And uh, a couple days ago, we're in a staff meeting. This woman goes, hey, I heard you the other day. You were you were really thumping. What were you grooving to? <laughs> and I was like, bone thugs in harmony. Do you think I'm cool? <laughs> Please affirm me. I'm about to go to a youth conference with high school students. And I put on like 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you look fine no i didn't is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals healing is something that the lord wants us to receive but healing is always an invitation from god quite often he asks people to, to you know take a step out we have to take action and a great way to do that is through a group called better help better help can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 48 hours this is not a crisis line it is not self-help it is professional counseling done securely 
online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and I'm a thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is indeed available. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. You can go to BetterHelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily. So this is what we're going to do. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. You go to slash foxes and you will get 10% off your first month. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. You know, she makes a good statement. Which one? She says in her song, I know it's not going to be all right, but I have to believe that it is. Isn't that amazing? When we say we know, we mean we're, we're working probabilities in our mind. Like 90% of the time, this is going to fail, but I have to believe that it's going to work out. Why do you think that is, Luke? Uh, I think that hope is ingrained into us. I think we're predisposed to hope. I really, really do. And how would you define Human. hope? Um, I th- I would say hope as in this thing that eventually all things will be reconciled. You're taking like a cosmic view, historical, sweeping away of the past kind of view. No, no, no. I, I think it's more of an understand. More. I, I don't think. I don't think that's what she is getting at here. I think she is getting at. And or or that or that view either. I'm going to pull up the lyrics really really quick here because I, I actually really I adore this song. It's probably my favorite song of hers. And like the minute I heard it, I was like, oh, this is the best. Like I don't even question. Like, like this is your this is her best um song. And I think um, give me just a second. I'm just and, if, and I think if I fall again, that I know you're you're still listening. Uh, uh, maybe it's going to turn out all, all right. And, and, and I, I'm going to know that it's not, but I have to believe that it is. So I think she's talking, I think there's this desire in the, like she's, she would, I don't know if she identifies as a, as, um, am a Christian or not, but I know that she definitely identifies someone who believes in God and it's some version of like the Judeo Christian God, and I think there's this draw when you're open to life having meaning. Like she knows, I think deep down she knows that like things are not going to be okay, but ultimately things are going going to be okay, and I have to hold on to that. We talk often about the whole Balthasar idea about how like we can be overwhelmed by the uh, by like purposelessness of our culture if you think that life has meaning. At the same time, I do think there's this other part of us where we are also in, – it's ingrained in our heads that event, like there's this weird optimism that I think that I, that I think a lot of us have. And I know that when we talk about hope, we say it's not optimism. It's like we hope because we know that Christ is going to reconcile all, like, all things and that – we know that that is a fact, or like I'm not sure. I mean, I'm getting into stuff that I don't really know or quite understand. But I also think that sometimes, um, and we say we, we don't really mean like um, optimism, which I think is what she's getting out. What she's getting at, like right here, is like, yeah, there are there are like a lot of things in life that aren't going to really work out. But I can either choose to to be like I can either choose to like to like despair or I can choose at some point in time, this is going to work out or I'm going to understand this or I'm going to be at peace with this, which I think it's a very Christian thing. And I think sometimes optimism, I do wonder if that like inverse of, you know, um, Balthasar's idea can also be, be, be true that because of like the Christianity that still 
is like that we sometimes are exposed to, or even that we can ex the we can ex that we can experience can actually um, can we can actually take some sort of um not like well placed optimism, but um we know that God is going to work through this somehow, and I think that's what she's hinting at. Deepest oceans of despair, this vast and somber charcoal night of space, have you given up yet? What hope lingers in the crevices and corners of your soul? I know you. You haven't given up yet. You are brave in this darkness, Saint Saturn. Sometimes the bravest thing of all is to hope. In, uh, in kind of the classical understanding of hope, it's like that virtue that bounces between despair on one side. I know it's going to fail, and so I stop believing. And presumption on the other side, which is I know I'm going to – I know no matter what I'm going to succeed or I'm going to make it or whatever. And so it's just mm-hmm. fascinating that hope is the middle virtue between despair and presumption. And the despairing person isn't going anywhere because they've given up, right? Like, it's over. And the presumptuous person isn't going anywhere because they think they've already attained. There's nothing more. I are, I'm already guaranteed first place. Why, I'm already guaranteed the A. Why do I need to put forth the effort kind of thing? And it's amazing because the idea of hope is what differentiates the virtue of hope is you're always on the, you're always on the way. You're on the journey, right? And so mm-hmm. the the hopeful person, it might look incredibly bleak. Like you might be going into the valley of the shadow of death. But because you're still mo- moving, there's still hope. And uh, it reminds me of that wonderful song that you turned me on to um, from uh, Brave Saint Saturn. And here, here's kind of an interesting story. So you turned me on to the band Brave Saint Saturn, which is like a, what, what would you call it? An alt-rock version of a ska band. No, it's, so it is. It is a Five Run Frenzy side band that began when the like um, lead guy got dumped by his fiance, and he wrote all these like very sad songs. And he's like, "Well, these are going to work as ska songs." And he's a big, um, he's a fan of the band ELO, which is this kind of weird e- electronic rockish band. They they seen the first song from the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Volume Two. So that there's kind of this weird um, electronic kind of pop rock to it. So he basically took that kind of, I mean, kind of took that idea, combined it with like a, like this, like um, he wanted to tell all the sad songs about being dumped, but then put it in in, in the concept of its, uh, of certain kinds of put it into a, on a concept album of like a group of a group of astronauts being trapped out in space. It's so yeah. and it's, it's so good. it's weird. It's weird, but it's awesome. Yeah, the the ship is called the USS Gloria. They're yeah. out, uh, uh, and it's called the Light of Things Hoped For. Or what? What is the album? So there are. So that is a, so it yeah, actually what's the is like a three part. So that's yeah. called the Light of Things Hoped For. That's a part of the story where like they go behind the moon of they go behind the moon um, Titan, and they're like complete like the, like they're blocked. The, so the idea is that they're on a they're on a they're in a part of the universe where they cannot see the sun at all or something like that. So yeah, it's they're like on, this they're, period they're of astronauts going yeah. and they get lost while surveying the moons of the moons of Saturn. They get yeah, lost. Like so this accident. isn't a this isn't a song. This is like these funny little newsreel interludes in between or mm-hmm. the pretend yeah. astronauts calling back home to Houston or whatever. Breaking news regarding a horrific tragedy with our nation's space program. Apparently, there has been a malfunction of unknown origin aboard the USS Gloria, the manned spacecraft currently in orbit around Saturn's moon Titan. 
Preliminary reports are saying that the spacecraft began venting gases into space that propelled it into the dark side of Titan. The crew is now out of radio contact, and officials at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas, believe that the possibilities of the crew surviving a landing on the moon to be very, very slim. Right now, they are hoping that the craft has somehow remained in a stagnant position in the eclipsed orbit of Titan, which would allow for their survival until a rescue effort could be executed. Presently, there is no way for us to know whether they are alive or dead. Our hopes and prayers go out with you all. Godspeed. So one of the songs is called Titan, and it's about these like massive sins or strongholds, fortresses, whatever you want to call it in your life that's destroying you and so this like idea of eclipsed sunlight utter darkness utter despair and then um the resolution on i think it's song number 15 is they basically see the sunlight and gun it and they have no other way to get to earth but to see that just to aim at the sun and go and they do and you hear them you know we're coming out of orbit now we see the sunlight it's beautiful and it's this incredible song um, that I I choke up. It's one of those songs that I refuse yeah, to same. listen to often because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I know exactly um, what you're saying. Yeah, and so it's like our household song, "Father We Stand." I was just listening to Father David Huss' version of it, and I was like, I have to turn this off. My kids request it, and I'm like, No, nope, not in Daddy's presence. It means too much for me to cheapen it by playing it all the time. Um, but the so the the thing that I loved about that, in the light of things hoped for, it's this notion that. Um, that as, as long as you're still moving, there's still hope. And there's a one song, uh, one song in there called heart still beats. And the chorus is the heart still beats inside blood runs in his veins. The memory of life remains. His heart still beats inside. And it's a song about hope, but they tell you two hopeless cases, uh, uh, like a cracked out whore. The money's gone for, um, money, she's, she's too, too far, far gone, gone for whoring, for whoring and the money and just, the money ran, just out. ran out. But then the chorus is like, essentially, as long as their heart is still beating, there's still hope. And mm-hmm. the coolest thing was that was my sophomore year when I fell in love with that song in particular, but that album as a whole. And that was like the darkest time in my family's relationship with my brother because he was going through all the you know rebellion stuff as one middle child does. And it had gotten really, really bad. And I just remember one day, and I was praying for my parents in the um, the the St. Francis Hall Chapel in our dorm. And I remember I wrote down the lyrics to that song, and I wrote a letter to St. Monica. Like, you knew that as long as his heart was still beating, you weren't going to stop praying for your boy, St. Augustine, to be changed. So pray for my parents now that they continue the same thing. And it was that notion of hope. Like as long as his heart still beats, you know, there's still – you cannot give up hope for someone, right? And then you attach that to this notion of being on the way, right? The pilgrimage, the journeyer, uh, the wayfarer, right? This um, this notion that despair – well, I'm never going to reach my goal, going to stop moving – and the thing, and the the presumptuous person is, well, of course I'm going to reach my goal, so I don't need to leave. And it's the hopeful person that says, no, I I don't know what lies ahead, but I do know that if I stop, I give up. So I got to keep. The only way to get there is to go there. So I'm going. And you know, I, I don't know. I just I think of that part where she was singing, going back to this first song by Julian. I don't. I don't. I know it won't succeed, but I have to believe. Yeah. Is something like that. Like, I, we have to hold on to hope because I know that if I stop moving, if I, if I give in to despair, and, and believe you me, there are plenty of things in this world to despair over. But if I give up into despair, like, because I know X, Y, and Z will happen, if I give up into despair, then there's no way to get through it. Then it does. It all ends with that thing happening that I know is coming down the pipeline. 
and I think that what everything that, uh, that I mean, you just talked about was way better than everything that I said. So feel free to just erase that. But uh, I think one thing that I was trying to get at is the last um, four lines of her song, Appointments. When, when I tell you that you, that it is, oh, it's not for my benefit. Um, maybe it's going to turn out all right. Oh, I, oh, I know that it's not, but I have to believe that it is. I love that part where she says, oh, it's not for my benefit. Because I think there's this weird – this sounds like a song about like a breakup. I could be wrong, but it sounds kind of unlike that. And having been there you know, once or twice, <laughs> I, I think there's this part where like she's kind of – or she's acknowledging that like – at one point in time, I'm going to stand back and I'll see how this all fits. And I can't – but right now, it's not – I can't. I can't see it. But I, I, But when I tell you that it's going to be okay, it's not to make me feel better because I know that actually I'm not. But I know that one point in time, I'm going to like look back on this and I will be past this and this will make sense. That's what I think she is trying to get at here, which, which is that idea of like this pain – isn't going to necessarily go go away, but I am going to. But it, it can be transformed because I think optimism sometimes is like, oh, this is all. Or like when we think about optimism, where or the kind of what you were you were saying about that idea of the heart of the heart still beating and wanting to put all of our like asking of the saints to really like intercede for all of us. Is this? To really get to that point, you have to have an acceptance that, like, this pain isn't going to go away. And there's no way to just – and this is uh, – I'm not going to go down that road. But um, sometimes we're called t- to suffer, and I think that's what her line, oh, it's not for my benefit, that's what she's trying to get at there. That it's just, no, this is done. Like, the pain – there's no going back now. And I know it's going to turn out all right. But I know it's not. But I think it's part of like. Oh, I also know. But like. Um. But I like know um that it's not. She means. I think what she is getting at is that like. Um. Okay, take like your brother, right? Well, actually, I don't want to get. I'm too personal. So let me. Let me. I'm take a breakup. There was one breakup that I did not get over until I had to accept the fact that it that it happened. And that it was never going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's when it's almost when like you do that, and you don't. That's there's a fine line between that and despair. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, but when you are able to go like, okay, this is not going to change, and you accept that, and you accept that like reality. It's this weird way of like being like, I know it's not gonna get better, but I have to believe that it's going to get to get better, and eventually it does. I wonder. So this was a relationship where you broke up with someone and you were hoping to get back with them. Is that what you like you or at least you thought the relationship would restore itself? I think um, with the one I'm thinking about in particular, I think there was part of me that I just I felt like it was an injustice that it had happened that like I was like, this isn't how the script is like I just mm-hmm. felt it was so. <laughs> yeah. Um, like. Like I thought it was meant to be, and then I felt like like no, you're going against like this isn't how this plays out. Like this is working. This is just a this is just a rough a rough a rough spot. And it I never I would I needed to accept the fact that it just wasn't going to work. That's interesting he, because yeah, like hope needs to be rooted in truth. I know this is not going to work out. Like this is over. I wonder if that's almost that's like such a, a good confront- point. It's like a confrontation with presumption. Like you presumed things were going to get better, and that's what kept you static. Like, no, you presumed that this was just a rough patch, and together we're going to keep going. So it's not really a contradiction against hope, but it was like this embrace of like, no, this thing is final, but if I let – if I stay here, then I despair. If I stay here, then I'm not – the saddest despair is not the hurt that comes with a breakup. That's natural. That's grief. That's loss. That's sorrow. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, but I, I the despair just, would be: I'm not going to date. I'm not going to risk it. You know, that's where it's I, true despair. Yeah, I, I think part of the despair too comes from a. Um, I, I think I love that you put like hope is grounded in the, the truth because like 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 here's what I think is true in like in this almost a song here that she has to believe that it is because she almost stumbles in to Christianity and I'm not sure I don't want to judge like her faith so it's yeah. I know that she seems she's like 
from the, the tiny bit I read way back when, she s- seems to be a person who says, like, I definitely believe in God, but it's not – it is a kind of a weird thing, but, it's like, it's there. It's there for her. So I think she's almost someone who's tempted by – like, tempted by Christianity was, like, the vibe I got where she's – there's this idea of God, but she doesn't quite buy into the idea the whole thing but like she's like there's something here though and i can't walk away from any of this like she loves me without you let me just i'm gonna put it that way (laughs) when i when i compare that to my own experience this is why i think she like stumbles into it like almost because just so okay if hope is based in truth then i think just then despair is like i'm based in lies and i think sometimes some of the hardest lies actually aren't what we think about the future but it's what we think about the past or the present which is that thing of you know like i felt like during this one breakup that like the my i felt like the plan i felt like i had destroyed the plan for my whole life and then I was screwed. And that's not this is and this is one of the dangers. And as, as much as I like love Franciscan, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to blame it on the school, but I do think part of my attitude was rooted in the in the student life culture. Not student life, the like the like the the like misplaced like understanding of what it meant to date, mm. and what that relationship. I thought it was I thought that that was the one and it and it wasn't and the problem is in the idea of the one cuz that is a lie. Yeah. And I that's where the despair comes comes in because you think no 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 you're like you're you're the one so this should work. Like <laughs> you know like that like this should work. Like somehow this should work. And because it feels like it works and this is just a hiccup. So why don't you calm down and we'll I'll think this through. But calm that's down, not all to fall in yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that's literally what you're telling them though. Like you don't like yeah. it's actually like really selfish and it's very, very prideful. But you don't know it because you're so wrapped up in your, you know, like own emotions and you have bought into this cultural lie that there is a one. Yeah. And if you do, like one of the things that I had a really hard time with at times was the fact that I, when you guys would date, especially in the beginning, and I wasn't, I really my like my self esteem took a really really big hit during the first I'd say during the first eight years two of years of school and dating. <laughs> and I I think that because I went from being like the guy who always had a girlfriend for the back part of high school to like not and I don't know what happened like and I think I just I think I got in my head and it got really weird for me really fast that lie of like like almost expecting God to provide you with the one I feel like I was I feel like there was something inherently wrong with me which is why it wasn't working so when it finally did work and then it didn't I was like wait what like like what just happened you know and it's it's a very immature thing and I'm not saying that I'm not trying to blame I'm not trying to blame anybody other than me, but the, I'm, my point is like that's where the despair comes in is actually in the, the lie. Again, I think a lot of times we think it's about the and like guys, it's 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 not just like guys do this all the time as well. They just hide it or they get like me. They're very uh, dramatic about the whole thing. Um, it's again, it's it's it is actually a lie that's built in what you think like either in the past or in. Or in the present, I think people tend to talk about it more as like I am like never gonna I'm gonna find the one. That's not what I was worried about. I was more worried about the like I'm the then and there. It wasn't about the future at all. It was always about a lie in the way that I viewed the present. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, like like the hardest the well, not, not the hardest, but I think one of the things that I regret when I look on my past are the amount of girls and and actually I would include guys too. That I hurt through either my um, like all of our friends that I either like our dudes friends that un- that um I neglected or passed over because I was more obsessed with wanting to date, or the girls that I hurt because for whatever reason they didn't fit into my plan. And so there's like a trail of tears that I can kind of see at times where I'm like, man, I really like 
like I, so here's I think I told the story before, but it's like a, it's like it's a, like an awesome example. Back in my twenties, when I was dating she she who shall not be be named. Um, so say we all. <laughs> I remember like being at we, I was out with my mom and with Emily during Thanksgiving. I think and we were all out to dinner. I was I was like on my phone trying trying. To like, you know, like I was trying to have a text conversation um, with this girl and I, ch- I kept on um, checking my phone. And like, and, and like one point in time, M-, M just goes, could you just get off your phone and just be present? And that's what I mean by by that or little things like that where it's like the people that I, that I either wasn't there for or that they thought I was going to come to a thing but I didn't or, I, or, I, or I, 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 I was so consumed with my own world and my own thoughts that I, that I, that I never thought about what like they needed. man that is so fascinating to me because it's like the the you drew this line from like basically from this wreck of a relationship directly into you become collapsed in on yourself yep and when you have healthy relationships you don't do that Right mm-hmm. when you have, mm-hmm. and which is probably why M intervened and told you to pull your head out of your butt, right? Like mm-hmm. because yeah. she wanted a healthy relationship with you. She knew what that looked like, and you staring at your phone, checking Twitter for the four hundredth time for a slight distraction from your distraction from your distraction wasn't cutting it for her. You know, it is like we do. We just we can't see reality at all. We can't see the dimensions of reality all around us at all when we're caught up in this. Oh yeah. man, and and I think that's like, I'm not trying to make anything about the song, but I think that's what she's kind of um getting out there is like, even though she knows it's gonna be okay, it's not to even make herself feel um better. Like it's not like she actually might not be okay coming out of this, but eventually it's all going to be okay though. You know, and that's the thing that like I like how many times when God is doing things in in our lives or when stuff happens. Do we not want, like, have you ever gone through a thing where you say, if I accept this, I will be different on the other side, and I don't want that? So, Gilmer, can I tell you about a new norm? Oh, I love Norm Peterson, and if you have a new norm, <laughs> I want to hear about it. <laughs> well, actually, I, th- I, I, I call this new norm online dating online dating is now equal or in some cases a more prominent way the couple of all ages and backgrounds are now meeting like let's say my background is roman catholic are you saying there's a dating website for me oh my gosh i'm saying there is there actually is a relationship there is a relationship there is a website where you can start a relationship knowing you share the same roman catholic or byzantine faith it's the largest <laughs> catholic dating app specifically for single catholics and can you just take a guess as to how it's unlike other websites uh, yeah uh, i'm pretty sure this website if it's truly catholic is not going to encourage quink casual relationships and that they're actually going to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage, let's be honest. I also have a hunch that they provide a community where Catholics can share their can share their challenges of living life in a almost single state and make new friends. There are multiple young adults in my church who are on the struggle bus with mm-hmm. being single and in their early 30s or late mm-hmm. 30s and all their friends are married and none of them are Catholic and they're like I feel like if I just compromise, so it is awesome to have a community where Catholics can share those challenges of living single. And it actually is it is hard to try to meet new um, Catholic um, people because there's this thing that does tend to happen where you start to like oh, make the rounds and you go, oh, oh, I've really like run out of people here that I that I could possibly date. And I think what I really like about um, Catholic matches, it, it really allows you to connect with people from all over the world, the people that like you know, like I met on there. I don't think there was one that was actually in the state in the state that I was in, and it was really nice to know that in these like small towns where I was where I was I'm living at the point in time, I had the opportunity to to connect with other um, single Catholics. So head on over to Catholic Match. You can start to create your own Catholic love story. They get new stories every week from Catholic couples who met on Catholic Match. 
By the way, story, friend who lost his wife. He was a widower. He met his now wife on Catholic Match. He was on there for about, I think he said, four hours, five hours, and that's where he met her. Catholic Match is making it easier than ever for Catholic singles to connect. Use their app or website to start connecting with other singles through the messaging or video chat. Oh, and they have video chat now. How sweet is that? Oh, that's nice. Uh-oh. And it's super easy. Put on it pants, just, Luke. Just go kidding. make a free profile. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Uh, it's super easy to get started with Catholic Match. You can you can create a free profile in just minutes over at CatholicMatch.com and start meeting other um, single Catholics now. Go over to um, CatholicMatch.com, and if you have the balls to like do it, to, uh, put in Catching Foxes Made Made. Me do it, and you will find true love over at CatholicMatch.com. Yeah, people from all over the world, like Australia, Catholic Match. Thank you, Catholic Match, for supporting this episode of Catching Foxes. Hey, we did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my breakup with Shannon. When me and Shannon were broken up, my inability to deal with it was my inability to change because I knew I broke us up. I no nothing broke us up. She basically said, "Let's start pursuing marriage instead of just dating and doing nothing." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not ready for that." Well, if you're not ready, I'm not saying get married, but you you we got to pursue something and I didn't want to. And when she ended it, it was like, "Okay, well, then you have to end it, but I don't want to go anywhere else." And it was bizarre because I'm sure it was a fear of commitment, but I think it was more the change that had to happen to our relationship at that point. Like it was going somewhere, but where it was, was nice for me. And I was afraid of Mm -hmm. that next step. I was afraid of that life turning that corner. And so my inability to want to go around that corner meant like I was perfectly fine giving up the happiness that I had known. Like how irrational is it to be like, I'm not saying I want to marry you tomorrow, but we have to pursue marriage. And I said, but, you know, okay, well, things are fine as they are. Like, I gave up the thing that made things fine as they are. So I was immediately going to make myself miserable so as to avoid changing things, which would change things. <laughs> like it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, Shannon makes me happy. The current way that me and Shannon are, it makes me happy. I don't want to change the way it is, but she wants to get married. Therefore, we're going to break up and I'm going to be miserable. I choose misery, please. Yeah. Instead of changing who I am. What a human wreck I was. But I knew that profound amount of suffering when I realized what a dumbass I was. That profound amount of suffering that I went through, purely emotional, you know, pure like shipwreck, despair, Gomer dramatic. Insert me crying on the front lawn as she drives away. And I didn't bring it up. I know, but you wanted I wasn't to. going to. Um, I wasn't going to. <laughs> but I never like, crossed my the, mind. <laughs> but like, I could, I was f- obsessed. I was fixated, and it wasn't until, uh, I mean, it wasn't until I owned it in an existential way, not just saying like, well, I broke up with her, but like really owning like, no, it was, I didn't want to be someone different. Even if someone different meant someone better. Mm -hmm. Like how asinine, like how can people not believe in original sin when we self-sabotage all the time to this level? It's the ring of power, right? Like it's, 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 that's like, it's easy to see why Gollum become like becomes Gollum when you've kind of gone through that stuff. Cause it's just like, you just like, I mean, like try to think about like what the ring does to him. It's not that it like, I mean, it does, um, uh, uh, does um, ruin his life, but like it ruins his life by making him turn so inwards that he becomes malnourished. He doesn't want to see the sun. He wants to hide. He just is so, he is so unbelievably turned inwards that the only thing he's able to have a normal conversation with is this ring. And even <laughs> that becomes weird from the, from the outside. Yeah. And it, like but the best line that they have in that whole thing was he goes, "We forgot the taste of bread." I love it when they say that in the yeah. movies. It's, it, yeah, you know, and I, it's it it's. I mean, and I don't want everyone to think that we were all like oh, we were all on the sad sacks because like we're definitely not. But it's just this is just the 
like we all do this though. We all have these moments of these things. Like what it doesn't matter if like you got married right right out of high school or you know like we all have our little things that like we would say I would rather choose. Um, I'm trying to think of like. I guess the only example that's really coming to mind is when Christ tells a person to like sell half of their stuff and they walk away sad. It's just it's like sometimes our stuff isn't materialism or is it, it's not it isn't a material of like items, although I think there are times when it absolutely is. Um, sometimes it's see 1998 Luke with his Timberlands. <laughs> I never had that collar. I was going for it. Um it it it's like I do, have you ever hit a point where it's like I don't know who I am without this and that's a little weird. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's that's when I mean that that's literally Saint Augustine's definition of original sin. It causes the creature to want creatures more than they want their creator, but even in a way that is I mean, it's the subtlety of it that is the insidious nature of it. Like, uh, this is my car. This is my house. This is my dream home. This is my wedding day. I'm allowed to be selfish. This is my... And we give ourselves all of these... All of these crazy things, like, <laughs> when we obsess over it. I'm trying to think, what what is one material thing that maybe you obsess over, Luke? Like, if, well, it, were to, su- if it were to be uh, taken away... Right now, for the rest of your life, what would that material thing be? That I would have a really hard time with? Yeah. Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Probably. Hmm. I think sometimes for me that might be podcast, which sounds so unbelievably stupid. But because it is. Uh but just this it's that's the thing that i really um it's uh, you know i'd say like podcasts are a good thing but there are times when it's like i get like anxious if i don't have any podcast on my on my feed that i like want to hear i'm like well, what 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 now you know it's, it's it's like so i don't know if that's that's not, that's not the best example it's the only thing that is coming to mind though but like something i'm trying i'm trying to think of something a little bit more like concrete well, not concrete but just you know um that gives my life more value I don't know. What about you? You know, I'm thinking about it. You know, so much of my life revolves around technology and stuff, but I feel like because I've become so – I've tried to distance myself from it, so there's like a resentment in the very items that I love and adorn my body with, like my Apple Watch and my phone and my uh, iPad and, you know, all these things like I love them, but I also hate them. Ooh, so maybe it is like the One Ring. As I both love and hate myself. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what that would be in my life specifically. Like like if this one material thing disappeared, would I lose my dang mind? Um, and my mind first goes to expensive things. Like you got my house, my cars. But like I don't think any of those – I don't have an attachment to them to the point where it would break me. You know, um, or I would be resentful. Now, if you were to say, Michael, I want you to give me all your money, you know, or you're going to, you're going to have no, you're, you're going to lose all of your money in your account today. Like I would be upset, but I don't know about attachment, you know? Now, the only thing I can think of is obviously my wife and kids. Like when my mind goes to dark places and I imagine like when they don't call me back and it's raining you know, like semi-tropical storm on the highways. And, you know, I'm like, what if they got in a car accident and all of them died, right? I do that. I rehearse that scenario in my mind. And let me tell you, I am not living La Vida Loca in that mind. I am not living a bachelor lifestyle free of my family. I'm like, yeah, I don't know who I am at that point. That's where I think my head didn't want to go is like that. Right. Right, you don't want to go there. But then I start to think, like, I have had friends who have lost their most precious loved one. And their heart still beats inside, blood runs in their veins, you know, like, all wasn't lost even though they lost their beloved, right? 
and probably in my best guess they had the purest kind of love because her love beyond the grave kind of you know um enabled him to keep loving you know enabled him to love another woman enabled him to get married and call another woman his wife it didn't paralyze him from being able to love and i think there is something beautiful about that uh in, in this whole in this whole story where i see my friends who get married some people are very put off when a spouse dies and then someone else remarries very quickly but i don't i never fault anyone because i'm i, I feel like well one you had a beautiful example of love so you know what you want you know the personality you know what works and what clicks this isn't your first marriage People who tend to get divorced and remarried, their second marriage tends to be much, much better than their first because they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I was thinking all on emotion. Now I need to understand who this other person is that I'm yoking my life with. How much more beautiful is that and more mature is that love if it's someone who you didn't divorce, but they died. And so you had a good love. It ended mm -hmm. tragically, but still beautifully. I, I think about that from time to time because I'm morbid. And I don't know what to do with my free time. Uh, <laughs> when are my wife and kids coming home? When are my wife and kids coming home? So I can lament the fact that I don't have any free time. But whenever I have free time, I think of them dying in a car accident. Oh, CDI, will home. you never end? <laughs> Who put this on repeat? Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, it, 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 um, well, and I like, like honestly, like here's the thing that I think is ultimately really, really scary. That I, um, it's so funny. I just sometimes I feel bad because I feel like I'll, I'm like everyone, I'm a wreck, and then I, I think some people like think that like I'm a wreck, but I'm like, yeah, and sometimes, but not like all the time. <laughs> I, um, know. I know. I was talking with uh, Chris Miller, my best friend, Chris Miller, who contractually obligated me to say that over and over again. Um, hi, everyone from my uh, from my uh, from my uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> my cohort i paul Ugh. i miss you um ryan i miss you hey marty i miss you dave uh, dave i miss uh, you no. elizabeth i miss no. you i miss all of you guys no no, no. sorry you anyways said... go on about your little bitch friend <laughs> you said the <laughs> c word cohort <laughs> now i feel dirty inside uh no but <laughs> Son of a gun, I can't even remember the Chris Miller quote. What was the quote? What were we talking about right it before that? It was something, I don't know, death. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, death Like and the dying. death of your family or something like that? Or? <laughs> no, you had said something and no, it reminded I said me of like, I think like um, everyone thinks that I'm just like an emotional oh, yeah. wreck said, all the time. I'm like, not like, really. But. No, he said to me, uh, we were talking one day and he goes, was Luke like a big player and did he hook up? With a lot of girls, like, have sex all the time? Because sometimes that's what you guys make them sound like. And I was like, no, that definitely is not. Now, for Franciscan, he might as well have been a PIMP. But for a regular no, a state school, such as Oklahoma State University. Well, yeah, no, no. And I, I just like to, I don't know, I just, I also probably am a little bit too honest. But I'm like, this is what everyone else was doing. So, like, we don't talk about it, but it's what everyone else is doing. Um no, I. Uh, anywho, um, CatholicMatch.com. dot com. Catholic Match. <laughs> no, we were just supposed to. We were to Let's go right into the. Ad. No, we're no, no, going no. into the end. But no, but I had one more point that okay. I was going to make. I forget what it was now. Ah, <sighs> uh, well. A D D strikes again. <laughs> there, have you ever ever feel like like this is the worst man? When I feel like I have a point, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is gonna make this podcast episode, and then we get on some tangent and it's gone, <laughs> and then I'm like, we are our own worst enemy. We this really is what's preventing us from like being at like the thirty to forty thousand download mark. The, sorry, the I'm a thirty to fifty thousand download is us because we get these ideas, and it's like, you know what's funny? Your bitch friend Chris Miller. <laughs> 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 and it's like, wait a second. I had a point. No, no, no. I had a point, a quote, and a Bible verse to back it up, and now it's all gone. <laughs> I know. Can I tell you one of the dumbest? Like, yes. I just like I hate the fact that sometimes my brain thinks in terms of tweets or like podcast stuff that I think will be funny. But I was walking past an alley in South Bend, and it was it was just me because I was going to my car. I was parked in like a, in a different part. 
And I, I walked past this alley, and it was, like, really creepy. And then I immediately thought to the scene in, like, to that um, one scene in Aladdin where he's in the jail and, like, the old guy's, like, Cave of Wanda or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was like, man, it would be so funny if there was, like, an old guy who's, like, I'm a who's like I'm a down there boy who's like well boy you know there's a cave of wonder <laughs> it's like that'd be awesome if that, if, that were to, if that were to happen that's just a meth house I know cave of wonder wonder, I just think, wonder. I literally think of like someone going like an old guy in a cave being like cave of wonder After, every time I pass an alley it's just me that's where my mind goes mm, that's us <sighs> Good, what is wrong with us oh well uh we're Desperately trying to cling to our 20s, even though we're almost in our 40s. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's see. What other stories can I rehash? And then I was at a bar, and the girl said she wanted to date me, but I was too obsessed with my ex-girlfriend. Luke, you've told that story seven times. Shut up. And then there was that time I broke up with Shannon in order to pursue the priesthood, and then did nothing to pursue the priesthood. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard you say that before. You be quiet. You be quiet. You in the front. And back in middle sections of the amphitheater. Dang it. Oh, my gosh. some point in time, we're going to have to come up with a new, like, stick for this whole thing, right? No. At some point in time, I'm going to go to my office. I'm going to go to go to my boss and just say, listen, Papa Gomer wants to go to halftime. And I need to, I need to, I need to spend more time cultivating Catching Foxes. I know. I had an idea for another thing. I was like, God, that'd be fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this would be so good. And I forgot it. No, actually, I didn't. You want to hear it? I do. So Everyone I think in to... Catching Foxes is going to hear yeah. it right now. So here's what I would th- – here is what I thought. So there are times – like, so me and Kevin Hyder will have these, like, three-hour conversations that are, like, really, really cool. I'm like, we should have recorded this. I was like, we should have recorded this or we should have brought in Gomer. Like, this was really cool. And, like, we were having this one thing where we were going all we, – I was trying to decide who I was going – to vote for. And we had honestly got like a three to four hour chat where we weaved in every cultural, political, like, oh, like we're talking about big fish. Then we're talking about like Springsteen and then like the Harvey Weinstein stuff and then like Trump and then Bush. Like I'll, I'll just putting it like it's just wild. And so anyways, I had this thought of like what if we had a – so what if we just made Catching Foxes B-Side its own podcast feed and whenever we wanted to do a fun short thing, we would just do it and it comes out on there. So it's like always up and we are paying for it, one, because we need more operating costs to bring our tax bill down. And then two, um, we can just put out stuff when we want to. So it's, all, so it's like, you know, like, yes, we're paying for it. All the time, but we can just now say, "Hey, we're doing like a four podcast thing. It's going to come out at this point in time. We can like w- work on it. Like we don't tell anyone until it until we, of course we're going to tell everyone as soon as we just as soon as we get the idea. But um, <laughs> that like it doesn't have to come out on our feed. We can put it on like this thing, so it can be either like a three part series or it can be a random on um, B side interview that 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 we do. But it's a B side feed. But each of the episodes are you know it could be part of a series. It could be its own thing. It could be whatever." Yeah, mm, Mikey Luke, that's genius. Here's a thousand dollars every day. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank you. Can I, tell you about a sh- can I tell you about a show that I started to watch that I really, really like, but it's all, also kind of dirty, but it's great. Um, Hacks. It's on H HBO. Is that um, the young comic and the older comic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I was surprised. There again. There's some stuff. I'm like, oh, can we just not? Why does everything have to be so like abortion's great, sex for all? Um, I'm just like, maybe it doesn't have to be like abortion's wonderful. Like, can it just be like I don't know? But the good stuff when it's good, it is very very good. I really really like it. I I'm trying to think oh. that I I started watching Community again, episode one, season one. I got through the first four episodes. I love that show. I remember I, I that is a show that I l- liked very much. Everything I've any time I've ever watched it, but I've just never made a thing out of it. Now's the time, Luke. Probably is. Probably is.
Presently, there is no way for us to know whether they are alive or dead. Our hopes and prayers go out to you.